0: The next thing though very very important is is what i just finished saying is your prospective clients your audience who are they and i don't mean the classic demographics of what's their what's their assigned sex at birth what is their uh, average income what is where do they live i don't mean that like sure yes you need to know that but i mean let's dig deeper let's look at their psychographics let's look at what it means to, to them to, to live in a certain lifestyle, to navigate the world within their brains. How do they think? What are their emotions like? What are their relationships like, right? How do they navigate the space between life and whatever the solution is or the problem is that you are helping them to solve, right? And, and then finally, of course, is uh, this notion of where, where do they function in society? where do they hang out where can you find them all congregated together
1: welcome to scale your course if designing and delivering a scalable course has got you feeling overworked overwhelmed and just plain tapped out you're not alone i'm tracy sheriff and in this podcast you'll listen to a combination of solo episodes and powerhouse interviews where we'll share tips strategies and insider insights into how you can successfully design and deliver a scalable course. Prepare to reach your next level business goals without compromising your health and wealth with the Scale Your Course podcast. Welcome to another episode of Scale Your Course. In today's episode, I interview Shauna Van Morick. Shauna is an advocate for making a positive impact on the world. She uses her skills to create a space where ambitious women feel comfortably confident, leading authentically, and inspiring ripples in their communities. Using brand messaging and custom organic marketing, Shauna helps progressive female holistic coaches and therapists attract ideal aligned clients who are ready and excited to invest, She does this by digging deeper into their purpose, asking tough questions, and leveraging their unique personal brand. Psychology-based, goal-oriented, and people-focused, Shauna believes that marketing confidence makes a difference and that it not only has to convert, but it has to feel good too. In this episode, Shauna and I talk about authentic marketing what it means to show up in a way that feels comfortable and good to you. And we touch on the impact of neurodiversity in business. Shauna combines her natural talent, her wit, and her ability to really pull you in to talk about what she does, why she does what she does, how she helps, and provides lots of different tips that you can apply immediately in your own marketing strategy. This is a great episode so stick with it to the end and share your takeaways. Let me know what resonates with you. What is it about the content of this episode that gets you rethinking your marketing strategy? Shauna and I would both love to know. Let's get started. Welcome, Shauna, to Skill Your Course. I've been looking forward to this interview for a few weeks now and diving deep into talking about authentic marketing with you, which is something that I'm still trying to figure out, much like many of my clients are. So um, I'm thrilled that you decided to say yes to joining me on the podcast so we can have this really important um, conversation and really shine a light on some of the the things that we need to really be thinking about when when we're getting ready to put our courses our programs out into the world because you know we can have the best course but if nobody knows it's there nobody knows what it's about um, or if we're talking to the wrong person or attracting the wrong people um, we're gonna have some difficulty um, enrolling students so I know that my students get stuck here and I'm really looking forward to having this conversation today.
0: This is going to be a deep dive. I'm telling you, I don't go half-assed for anything. We dive in and we get it done and there's always something that you can take away. So for those listening, like I would strongly suggest to grab a pen and paper.
1: <laughs> oh, that's the best kind of episode. So thanks. Thanks for that prompt. So let's start with you introducing yourself. I've already given sort of the more formal introduction to you but i really like to allow the guests to you know share what you want to share about yourself your journey into entrepreneurship why you do what you do who you do it for and all the things
0: absolutely and i love sharing it's it's so fun to dive into that for me because truly what i do is i help people with their brand messaging and their organic marketing so this is really important to me because this is where we can really give birth to that authenticity this is like the space where you do a lot of reflecting and a lot of internal work that winds up being uh, shone down on your right fit clients, your right fit audience, so that they are completely on board with what you're saying and they're already raising their hands. And that's that's what we want, right? Because in the end, a community is a lot stronger than looking at people as, oh, perspective lead, perspective lead, perspective lead. And how do you grow a community? By starting a movement. By standing tall in what you believe in and by being yourself, people will naturally gravitate to you. Now, over and above that, though, and probably in my humble opinion, more importantly, I'm also a mom of three little kids at this moment, and uh, I, I love all things creativity and innovation and progressive, and, and progressive thought. Um, I like to call myself a self-proclaimed idea blower-upper, which I attribute to my background in psychology and philosophy, um, so I dive into all of those things. Um, goodness knows I could talk to you about almost anything today, Tracy, so... <laughs> <laughs> This is really, I, I I think I've said it before, but I'll say it again. This is really an ask me anything. And I'm here to dive in and help you to, you and your audience to achieve whatever it is your heart desires.
1: Yes. Oh, I'm super excited. And I you didn't mention that you are a podcast host too. And what I wanted to say about that, and, and you can share a little bit about that in a minute is your podcast touches on topics, the way that you dive deep into things and how you touch on things that other people are probably oh, maybe a little even afraid to talk about like i think you've really um for the right listeners for sure have like something really special there so tell us a little bit about the podcast cuz i know it's fairly new
0: yeah and i appreciate you bringing it up because this is something that even as a marketer when you're in the thick of it it's hard it's hard to see outside of your ingredients right I, i've actually i worked with someone uh, quite a while ago who taught me this and before i share about my podcast i'm going to tell this story because it allows uh, everyone it allowed me in particular to feel human to know that it's okay to feel these ways and the thing is when you're in business in particular but even in life you can feel this way you're in your own jar Right. You're swimming around with your own ingredients and you can't necessarily pick out what's what or how things fit together or what even you look like from the outside. You can't read the label that says what's on the inside to help you to tell everyone with your messaging what it is you do and how you do it. So it can be challenging to navigate that space. and It's always helpful to have someone like you, Tracy, to guide you in that journey to make sure that you're saying the right things at the right time. And this is not just applicable to the newbie. This is applicable to someone who's been in this space for a long time. So thank you. And yes, my podcast is Marketing Rebels, Breaking Business Barriers, and we are doing just that. Um, At first I kind of was squeamish about using the word rebels until I actually dove into um, that space and nobody was talking about the stuff that mattered. And what I mean by that is the very real fact that, first of all, I believe that you're never not marketing. Uh, whether you are in a, in a business role, in an entrepreneurial role, and you're talking about your business, or whether you're standing in line at Walmart trying to get goldfish crackers for your kids, how you're presenting yourself is a form of marketing. And the important part of that is the fact that you are now and will always be influencing someone or something. And so we need to take responsibility for our role in creating the culture around us. And we need to think critically about how the culture around us is influencing us. And it's that space where my podcast really takes off, where we talk about difficult topics such as racism, theology and feminism. But we also talk about Harry Potter, Taylor Swift and ice cream. So it's not all heavy stuff, but, and actually the other day we were talking about baking and that was fun. Got me hungry though. So yes, it, it's just a fun podcast where we can really look at that interplay between humanness and what it means to market oneself in this world.
1: Yeah, I have like found it very intriguing um, and, and was, I think you're, you mentioned like you're filling a gap in, in the, the space. Cause I listen to a lot of podcasts and, you know, you know, when you go deep like that, it, it really fuels my brain because I'm a deep thinker too. And your guests are deep thinkers and there's really deep messages attached to the conversations that you're having. So yeah, I, I would encourage everybody to check it out. And, and um, that,
0: that said, I just want to, I want to elaborate you're right. First of all, and and this is a rule I I have, we don't use but very often, we try to use and, because (laughs) the first thing that you said is not negated by this next thing that's coming. It is true. And also, we really try to keep it if you're if you're thinking, I don't know if I can dive deep right now. um, We really try to make it uh, approachable. So if we're talking about something that's really heavy and deep, more often than not, just based on my nature, I'm going to bring it back up to a level that makes sense. That's reachable. That's digestible for any level of thinker, any level of entrepreneur, any level of marketer. It doesn't matter where you're at. It's an approachable conversation starting podcast.
1: Yes. That's a good point. Cause we, we wouldn't want to deter people from listening to it. Um, I was just appreciating so much the depth that you're willing to go to and how you're presenting your topics. Yeah. Um, and and that was all I was trying to say with well, that. I but it. yes, I'm I glad it. that you you invited everyone to come because you know we don't want to scare people off with the it being too deep, for sure.
0: Deep is fun and we wanna have like silly fun too. <laughs> yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> I'm all
1: <Yeah>. for that. <laughs> for sure. So as you know, my role in the space is helping people with their courses. So I have, you know, people that I help build courses and people that I help refine, fix, improve, whatever word that you want to use, the course itself, the course experience, and all the things that go go with that. And, you know, The 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 challenge that my students seem to come across is this mindset around, okay, even when we craft this really, you know, um, cool curriculum, now they have to go out and they have to put it out into the world. They have to start talking about it to other people if they haven't already, because I usually coach them to start talking as soon as they start ideating so that they can even be doing some informal as well as formal market research along the way. But. My bigger challenge is I have these really amazing students with really awesome courses that 50% of them don't even get put out into the world because they get stuck on this, this marketing, and I've gotten stuck on it myself. So I'm, I'm really just excited to open the conversation around um, the mindset of, of marketing, you know, capturing some, some of your best advice and, and really just honing in on, like, what do we need to be thinking about from the get-go, right from the start of course creation? This is where I want them to already be starting to think about their marketing. But there is a lot to think about, so it gets a little bit overwhelming. So, yeah, where, where should we start with this topic?
0: Well, actually, you might be a little bit surprised. I'm going to say that the first place that you're going to want to start is with yourself and your core values. The reason I say this is because if you can't get excited about it, how can you get your audience excited about it? So that's actually the place where I'm going to invite everyone to start is to really reflect on what matters to me and how am I bringing this? How am I infusing this into the course that I'm creating in order to make a massive difference for my clients? Now that's just number one. Okay. And and it's, 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 it's a doozy. The next thing though, very, very important is, is what I just finished saying is your prospective clients, your audience, who are they? And I don't mean the classic demographics of what's their what's their assigned sex at birth? What is their uh, average income? What is, where do they live? I don't mean that. Like, sure, yes, you need to know that. But I mean, let's dig deeper. Let's look at their psychographics. Let's look at what it means to, to them to, to live in a certain lifestyle. To navigate the world within their brains how do they think what are their emotions like what are their relationships like right how do they navigate the space between life and whatever the solution is or the problem is that you are helping them to solve right and and then finally of course is uh this notion of where where do they function in society where do they hang out where can you find them all congregated together. Right. So like if you're a target market and, and you see this a lot for like faith-driven uh, entrepreneurs. Okay. So I'm, I'm helping Christians or whatever. They're going to look in a specific type of community. Uh, myself, oftentimes I'm helping neuroscience professionals and people in the neurodiverse space. So I'm going to be looking in those types of communities. Maybe you're helping moms, mompreneurs, where are they hanging out? Right. You need to really think about that dynamic as well. Most people stop at at demographics and that's uh, that's an error. That's a mistake. Because you're not going to actually be able to dig in to what it means to really make an impact on your ideal clients, because that's that's the first thing that you want to do. I know that you think that your impact is the end of the course or the duration of the course, but your impact is that first step. How are you actually touching the hearts of your ideal clients? The only way you can do that is by getting to know them like for real.
1: Yeah. And I mean, that's so in line with curriculum development, right? We, we, we need to know who our student is or our learner um, in order at the deepest level in order for us to really be able to craft a course that's going to like speak to them and and be what they need it to be rather than what we think that it needs to be. Um, And I'm, you know, I'm giving myself a little pat on the back here because one of the exercises, well, two of the exercises I do in course design schools, first we start with mission, vision and values um, so that we have a really clear vision of their business. And then, you know, the values, um, you know, helps us uh, to be a bit more clear on even who we want to call in because we want to call in people that uh, generally align with us as well. Um, and then we also look at um, an empathy map. So mm-hmm. I have them answering questions around demographics, but we do touch on psychographics. And actually that's where we hang our hat, the, the, the heaviest. <laughs> um, that's not even a thing. Heavy hats. Well, I don't know where I came up with that analogy, but um, that's where, we, <laughs> what's Is that? Is it the
0: longest? Hang our hats the longest?
1: maybe Maybe. i don't know i
0: I envision i envision some victorian visitation party where you know how they'd like house hop for parties and stuff and this is the house that we stay at longest because they serve the best rum or or something (laughs) you know they've got the best carols or i just envision this this cheery festive space where we're gonna hang our hat the longest at the jones's house (laughs) yeah yeah
1: for sure yeah i think yeah hang your hat the longest i think that's right um but we do the empathy map, and it looks at all of those psychographics as well. Mm-hmm. And um, so I'm I'm really um, excited to know that I'm on the right track with that because as a teacher, like I learned that not I'm not a marketer by trade, but I'm a teacher. Getting to know your learner um, is is going to help you create a better experience for them overall. You're gonna be able to you know really. Um, market your curriculum in the best way possible when you know what they need um but you need to know who they are to know what they need kind of thing so
0: absolutely and and the really important part of the psychographics area and you're right that is where we want to hang our hat the longest is that um you know this is where emotion sits right and this is where we can really make that deep connection and the way you do that in your marketing is through storytelling is through really tapping into what does it mean to live their life, to have their struggles and then to be revived from that space through this program or course. Mm-hmm. That's that's a massive leverage tool that you can use when you come from a place of authenticity and service to make steady and solid sales to your ideal right fit audience.
1: Absolutely. Yeah so excited. Um. So like, what do we do though, when we have all of this stuff, like how, how do we put that into a marketing strategy? That's, you know, also a big hurdle for people. So even once they really feel like they've, they've nailed this ideal client avatar and they've done the, the demographics and they've done the semi psychographics You know, what do they do next? Because this is, you know, there just seems to be so many options, so many places that are calling us to have a LinkedIn strategy, have an Instagram strategy. You know, I, in course design school, being not a marketer and only learning what I know is what I've learned from other things I've invested in for myself, whether that's, you know, support or programs or my own learning. I always just say, you know, start with your first fab five. Like if you can't find five people, even in your warm audience that want what you're selling, you probably have more work to do. Um, But people even find that hard sometimes to, to, um, you know, to, to imagine that, you know, they're going to have to actually ask for the sale.
0: So this is a really interesting question because first as you were describing, my mind went one way. And then as you were elaborating, my mind went another way. And I'm gonna to try to give you a bit of a, um, a choice map. Yes, I think that's a good uh, way to articulate that, like a choice map. So the, the first thing is, uh, you know, you've done your research to kind of figure out your ideal client, your, your right fit client. Um, I, I encourage you to also talk to them, simply have conversations. Um, but then also, uh, you want to validate your offer, you want to validate your call. So you want to have a, a handful of right fit clients who you talk to specifically about your idea for the program and have it reasonably fleshed out. So with um, your skeleton and some main takeaways and and definitely the results you, you're uh, supposed to provide, right, And and walk them through that. And then of course, tell them about the price and get their feedback and, and remind them that this is not for sales. This isn't even for sale right now. Simply have that conversation because that's gonna give you way more feedback than putting it out there and hoping. That's the that proverbial throw the spaghetti at the wall and hope it sticks. We don't wanna do that. That's a waste of time and energy. We wanna validate your idea first. And then you wanna go ahead and start to really flesh it out, start to really build upon it and, now this is where i'm saying this choice map is um now you have to decide am i going to build out the majority of this course and then sell it or am i going to sell it and then build it as i go there are different teachings on this and i mean you're the course person you would be better able to instruct people in that space but that's where you get to make some choices some people don't feel comfortable selling before they have a good amount of backup involved some people do some people are like yeah let's go and they dive in um that's where your, your choices get made um, the other thing that uh i would be thinking about in the marketing space and like you say you want to talk about it first you want to start the conversation put the word out there and already in your market research and your validation calls you will have done that but you want to continue to do that and then you have to make a choice about am i taking the launch model or am i doing a different type of marketing model How am I putting this out there? Are there doors open, doors closed? Or is it always open? Is it a rolling enrollment? And that's just for the course. When it comes to marketing in general, you will have a whole different plan whereby you would market yourself and your personal brand in a certain way. And then you would take that, the marketing force specific to that course and plug it into your current, current marketing model. Now how you do that depends on who you are and how you want to show up. Um, I'm all about keeping it customized to you, authentic to you, making it feel good. Um, That's kind of my tag is conversion that feels good because we do not want it to feel ick on either end of the coin. We don't want you to feel bad about selling and we don't want your clients to feel a little bit uncertain about purchasing. We don't do any sort of conversion, no twisting your arm, it all feels right and good. Hopefully, that way, when they sign on, because it's not an if, right? Once you once you do the work, it's not an if. Hopefully, when they sign on, they're already satisfied, like oversatisfied because if you've made those connections, you've told the stories in your content, you've marketed appropriately. It integrates perfectly with the way your your personal branding is is presented to the world. They're already bought in. They're already feeling elated and lucky and excited to be working with you. Now anything over and above that which you will always overserve is pure gold is platinum to them. So it's all it's it's beautifully set up for success on both ends for you and your clients. that's that's when marketing's done right because you've made a true connection.
1: Well, I love what you said about choices because so many people get caught up being included in, it has to be a certain way. This is the right way to do it. This is the wrong way to do it. Um, Sometimes people choose to um, do a strategy that isn't in alignment with even their own values, which equals usually one thing, failure. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because if you can't buy into it, and you can't be comfortable doing it, people will pick up on that as well. And you're more likely going to abandon it. The other reason I like choice is because we are all adults. And when you are embarking on something that you've not done before, particularly in this case, marketing, as an example, when we're learning something new, we need to have some choices. Adults want to be able to take what they already know, and marry it with what they're they're currently learning to make sense of it and then be able to go do the thing. they have to really understand it. So we need to give them time and when we're teaching, but also choice. So choose your own adventure. you called it a choice map. Choose your own adventure. i'm I'm all in. and I, I think you know sometimes people are, they struggle because they want you to give them the answers. At least this is my experience in course design school. They really just want a prescription that says, this is what you need to do. Go and do this 10 times.
0: That makes sense. And actually I wanted to elaborate on that because there were a few things that you said that, that struck me as, as really valuable to uh, listeners right now is, is this concept of failure. And I want to, and again, I'm going to reflect back and, and warn everybody, so to speak, that I do come from psychology and philosophy. So you're going to get a little bit of oh, and, and semiotics, which is like the meaning of symbols and, and stuff. Like so I do dive into this deeper than most marketers, deeper than most people who um, approach this, because the way your neurology is wired when you receive symbols and when you receive certain messages can dictate your behavior. So I work a lot with habit formation and um, and that sort of thing when I'm supporting my clients. A lot of that comes from, now I don't market myself as a coach, but I do a lot of coaching within that space because lo- a lot of marketing is systems processes and a lot of the implementation of those systems and processes is habit formation. So this is really important stuff, neurology and and how you go about the world. Now that said, failure, Failure is a tricky one, because when you say failure, I know that everyone listening went, oh, well, I didn't sell my course. It it wasn't a success. But I want to remind everyone that failure can look differently. So you did sell your course. They achieved some results. But they weren't raving fans. Or maybe they were. But maybe you're like, this doesn't feel quite right. Like, yeah, I'm doing this. thing; I'm doing the thing. But my heart's not in it. Those are a few other examples of what could be perceived as failure that you may not anticipate. So this is where I wanna remind people to reflect back on that first step. Where are your values at? What do you want to bring into this world? What impact do you want to leave? And the idea of choice is really important when connected to those values because you can choose along your way through regular check-ins with yourself or an accountability partner or a professional to make sure that you're consistently choosing what makes sense to stay in alignment towards, from to, to connect you from those values to your unique big vision goals. And that's really important to keep in alignment because no matter what success looks like, um, like in general, you could connect success to um, to money, absolutely, you can connect success to a certain lifestyle, you can connect success to time, whatever you want to connect success to, unique to you so you want to make sure that you're in alignment right there and each choice you make on that path between your your core values and what you're bringing into the world and your big vision goal um, presents a sense of ownership which actually reinforces neurologically all of your your behaviors and all of your actions and so that that um dedication that dedication will come through in your messaging, will come through in every call you have with a prospective client, and they're going to hear you and just be riled up. Like your belief is so profound that they cannot, because they're already in alignment because of all the things you've said, they, they booked their call, they're, they've are they already said yes so many times in a number of both uh, very overt and covert ways. Now they're you could say, hey, do you want to, buy my mug with a little extra tea left in it? And they'd be like, yeah, of course I do. Because they've already bought in so many times because you're so connected. That makes a difference.
1: Yeah. I love what you're saying here. It's just, it's that reminder that, you know, um, sometimes we have to also show up more than once in order for this, this type of organic relationship or connection to actually take hold. And we sometimes measure our success, you know, um, from that one event, like how many, how many prospective leads or sales calls did I get or and clients or student enrollments did I get? Um, you know, and, and there's so much more to it, isn't there?
0: Absolutely. And, and it's funny because I actually just recently wrote a post about this, this prospect of overnight success. Um, people often talk about, oh, but you know, it only took me three months to make my millions and that's all fine and dandy. And this is, and this is a, a type of marketing that I don't really subscribe to. And this is what I call highlight marketing is really just highlighting those wins. Without reflecting on the three years of failures, quote unquote, that it took them to make the right choices to make a million dollars in three months. And like that's that to me for for morally and ethically is 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 uh, not good marketing. Like it's just not morally and ethically good marketing. Um, and so I kind of shy away from that, that perspective. Um, I don't I don't negate the idea of advertiser wins. Absolutely. But don't forget the path that you took to get there.
1: Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah, that's that's profound actually, and I think I think we as consumers we get caught up in that too. We see all it's like you know even like social media it's like look at my life, look at what I've accomplished, um, but people aren't seeing some of the pain and other um, difficult things that you've had to go through in order to to get there. So yeah, there's definitely not sort of overnight heavy like big winners. Um, even, even if they, they sort of, all of a sudden they hit the nail on the head, it's, it's after often multiple times of, of not quite getting it right or, or, you know, not getting it quite the way that they'd like it to be.
0: Absolutely. And, and it's those, it's those struggles that make you more relatable and make your right fit audience be able to connect more fully with you and trust you a lot faster than you just being like, look at my Lamborghini. <laughs> That's great. You know, that, that jump for most people is a little too much. Yeah. So we, this is, again, we're going to go right back to basics. This is where we need to know our values and know our ideal clients. Once you do that, you'll be able to do your, your tactical marketing will be a lot more aligned with you with them. And it's that overlap. Actually, I talk about this all the time. It's like a Venn diagram of those two circles that overlap just a little bit, who you are, what you stand for, how you like to show up and what that all means to you overlapping with all those same things, but for your ideal client, that overlap, that's where you live to have successful marketing.
1: That's awesome. I love visuals, right? (laughs) So being able to, to put it that way is great. So finding out, out as much as you can about your ideal audience as course creators, the work that you put in on the front end is good for your marketing strategy and equally good for your course development strategy. So that's that's really the the message that I really like to, to hone in on there for sure. Um it can feel in my experience, uh, a lot of work I've, I've gone back and forth and I've done it and then I've done it again. And then, you know, um, do you have any tips for us on how to make this, um, feel fun or, um, energizing? Because, um, I think sometimes we, you know, can get caught up in the weeds a little bit.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So there are a few things that I can encourage you to do if you're kind of feeling stuck in the same old, same old, you've been asked the same questions, you know, your your coaches or your your mentors and the, the people who are guiding you keep asking you the same thing. And you're like, I know this stuff, but it, but they're telling you because they're experts, you haven't gone deep enough. And you're like, I don't know how to get deeper. I'm tired of this. I don't wanna do this anymore. Um, I'm gonna suggest a, a couple of things. The, the first thing is going to be, uh, have conversations. Not just with your ideal clients, but with other people in your field and with people who are um, perceived to be uh, further ahead than you are. Have conversations, put things into perspective. Because a lot of times we lose that perspective. We can't see the forest for the trees. So that can and most times get you lit up again, just on its own. And you don't even need to be, I I encourage you to talk to people within that space, whether they're uh, your right fit clients or your peers or your your mentors. Um, But it doesn't necessarily have to all be that. I remember many days when I would sit uh, with some colleagues uh, at, so I, I support people with special needs as well as what I do in marketing. I do that because I've been working with these individuals for well over a decade now. In fact, we're going on 14 years and I do not have the heart to leave the people who I have played such an important role in their lives for so long, literally known them for over half their lives. It it would be wrong for me to leave. So I digress. I sit with these wonderful colleagues of mine and I'll talk to them about business. They have no clue what I'm talking about, (laughs) but even that can be really insightful. Just like talking, just talk it out, let it go. And, And I don't mean, don't filter yourself. That's that's a story for another day. We can talk about authenticity and filters and all that jazz for another day. But but tr- don't filter. Just let it pour out, and you you may be surprised at what you find out. You can do that with free writing as well in journals if you if that's what you love to do. I find talking is a lot more liberating because it has fewer places to go through. Right? You can't unfilter you unfilter your mouth and then you go with writing. You have to unfilter your thoughts, unfilter your hand, unfilter it. It's there's too much. Um, so I encourage talking now, the, the, the next thing, the final thing that I'm going to say for my tip in this space is perhaps a controversial opinion. Um, but I strongly support it is to use AI. I want you to have a conversation with chat GPT as chat is, is highlighted here because it is, because it's a chat. You literally can go in there. Hey buddy, you can say, I want your name to be Ralph and then go nuts. Talk to Ralph for a little while. And what's cool about that is that ChatGPT or Ralph, whoever you want to call him? Um, mm-hmm. You can al- you can also call it Shauna if you want to have a proverbial chat with me. Um, <laughs> it has lots of information about your ideal client, about your 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 industry, about I mean, I think they've got like a date cap, but like about projections. Take this data and project what you do, what do you think would be a good X Y Z. Have that conversation. You you I am going to tell you, you will be surprised by the types of insights it gives you, but then also what it stirs up in you. And don't stop at the surface level stuff. Keep asking the questions. Keep uh shaping the conversation you're having with this AI tool. It's really cool how it can support you in what you're doing.
1: Oh, I love Chat GPT. <laughs> um and you know, I'm I'm big on um starting with some information first. And and that's just the teacher and me, I think. You can certainly just start having the dialogue, like you said, that, that can be really meaningful, but even more meaningful is if you already have some data that you can put in, whether that's like, you know, notes from two or three of your last market research calls, and you just copy and paste them in and say tell me, you know, where some of the similarities are between my clients, or, you know, um, write me, you know, three or four client personas based on this information. Um, I have been amazed at, at one, what it comes up with, and two the time that it can save. Um, I'm also though, a believer that that you know, you really do want to have real people conversations, but, you know, take, take that information and then use the tool to help you summarize it. And, you know, gone are the days where I feel like I need to take my highlighter marker and, and print off reams and reams and reams of things and be, you know, color coding or copying and pasting into a spreadsheet. You can literally just tell chat GPT, create me a table that outlines X, Y, Z, and boom, there's your there's your information. Um, so jump off point for sure.
0: <laughs> Definitely. And it gets you excited too, because you can actually have a lot of fun with chat GPT because you can have multiple chats and you can label them differently. And so you can see what it's, it's just like you described a choose your own adventure, feed it different information and see how it evolves. Yeah. Compare it and contrast it. Get it to compare and contrast your conversations for crying out loud. Like you can do it. It's so cool. So absolutely. Such a great thing to do.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned, I think you were mentioning working with the clients as well that have some um special needs or neurodiversity. I think um you yes. mentioned to me prior to our um starting the call recording, the formal recording, because there's always the, the stuff that happens, um, that nobody hears. <laughs> um, and, um, I was that I was really curious about that. So I'd love to hear more about, you know, what you what you want to bring to us about that topic today.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, people with neuro differences, I mean, this can be very widespread. Um, but in particular, I tend to kind of live in that world of ADHD. Um, because that's a world where my brain lives, so I can really relate to a lot of the struggles that people have experienced when they're running a business. Which interestingly, uh, many many entrepreneurs have uh, typically have some sort of processing um, difference, and I think that's a really interesting thing to know. Because typically, and I mean like that today, I'm not sure about that historically. I'm not sure about that in in you know the history of our patriarchy, because really it's in the past led by men, but we're seeing a lot of female entrepreneurs now coming coming forward saying, hey, you know what? My brain thinks a little differently and those strategies don't work. Those are outdated. Those are very much founded in a yesterday that was is so far gone that I don't even know what to do with it today. And so a lot of what I'm doing is I'm taking the science of today and I'm applying it to how we run businesses. I am helping people with habit formation. I'm helping people with strategies to make sure that they're being held accountable to the goals that they've set for themselves. Um, one thing that many people with uh, who have neurospicy spicy brains uh, struggle with is just doing the thing. So they get into this uh, state of, it's a sort of analysis paralysis where by they want to do the thing, they see that they need to do the thing. They've got it on their list of things to do. And they're not doing anything else, but they physiologically cannot do the thing. And that's, that's a huge struggle for people who want to achieve success in their business. And so what I like to do is I like to understand my clients thoroughly and the variety of obstacles that they face independently, because everyone's different. And I provide them with systems and processes that work for them and their brain. But I go over and above that. I also work with them and their environment. So say you're not neurodiverse. You're an you're a neuro average individual and you still struggle because, gosh, darn, my husband just can't get behind what I'm doing. Or, you know, my 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 partner works full-time and I feel the obligation to do X, Y, Z. Or, you know, I've got I've got a mitt full of kids and they just won't leave me alone. Or maybe, you know what, my dog is old. And I have this huge empathy for this, this fur baby of mine or any, it doesn't matter what it is. Right. Um, but I dig into that scenario and we say, okay, well, how can we make the system work for your current situation and how can we make decisions as we go that make sense for what your life looks like at any given time. And the way I do that is I teach my clients how to do their own reviews and I encourage them to do them every 12 weeks. I subscribe by the 12 week year. If you haven't read it, it's amazing. I want to, what is his name? Mark, Mike, Mike Lennington and another guy. <laughs> <laughs> Either way, yeah, is it Brian P. Moran, or is that somebody else? I can't remember, but the 12 week year, really fabulous. Um, and so I teach people how to measure their, the different elements of their marketing strategy within their life and business, personally and professionally. And How to review it like what are we looking at specifically and it's literally outlined first do this look at this decide this do this, then this and it's right outlined so that by the end of this session that you've done for yourself, which we've created beforehand, you can regularly every 12 weeks. Review your successes and your difficulties and make informed choices as you move forward based on how, for how you're showing up for your business and for yourself, because it's so important to balance those two things. Mm -hmm. Life and business are intricately intertwined. And if you forget about your life, the environment in which you live or the environment in which your brain (laughs) creates for yourself. You're you're not going to achieve success, or or if you do, it's going to be a struggle, an uphill struggle all the way. We don't want that. We want it to feel like flow. We want it to feel right and in alignment with who you are and how you function. And so that's that's a space within which I support my clients. Uh, one of the things that I've done for some of my clients is offered body doubling sessions. It's no skin off my back if I'm available and you need a body doubl.er, which is just uh, essentially co working, but they have an expectation we're on camera right now tracy you need to create those graphics for your whatever um i'm going to be here doing my own work we both need to be doing this oftentimes that helps you to just get the job done
1: yeah yeah co-working is a great strategy for sure and 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 teaching like this is how students get through college right <laughs>
0: Yes, absolutely. And this is all stuff that like, it it just, for me, it's just something that needs to be done because I have been given myself, here's a strategy, do that. That's not helpful. You don't know who I am. You don't know what I need to do in the morning. If you tell me I have to show up at nine o'clock every morning to do X, Y, Z, well, that's not going to work. I got to get my kids to school. If you tell me that, or maybe not me, Certainly not me, I'm not a napper, but let's say you've got a napper who really crashes hard midday. And that's just a part of who they are and how they function. And they just need a 20 minute power nap. If you tell them that, no, you can't do that anymore. You have to power through. That's not gonna work for them. That's And it's not fair to expect that of them. Uh, if you've got somebody who struggles with eye contact and you say, well, you no, know, you need to, when you go on camera, you have to be looking at the camera. That can be a really hard thing. And so that's something also I bring into all of my uh, podcasts too. If you're a person who, you know, I'm, I'm not, I don't have a dress code. You don't have to be wearing a certain type of clothing. You don't have to necessarily look at me. If it's challenging for you to do that, you can have the entire conversation looking that way or looking at wherever, whatever makes sense to you. Because I want to get into that brain. I don't care how you're sitting. That's not important to me. So it's, it's that, that perspective is oftentimes lost and you lose out on some really valuable people by putting up roadblocks that don't need to be there.
1: I agree. Yeah. Something that uh, I think we're becoming more aware of as a society, I think, but still we need to continue to have these conversations. Um because you know whether they're are other entrepreneurs like yourself or um, clients that you're enrolling in your offers, um, your programs, like people you're teaching, you know, um, these this is really important uh, stuff for us to be considering yes. when we're. And, we're and in, something
0: I want to put into perspective thing. too is that like all the things that I described, which were like characteristics of of a neurodistinct individual they exist in neurotypical people as well. And so things like um, creating multiple marketing assets that uh, appeal to different learning styles, you know, learning styles, right? You want to have visuals, you want to have audio, you may want to have uh, written text or, or captions or whatever, all these different forms are really important just because people in general take in information differently. So it's important to be mindful about what you're creating and how you're putting out into the world. Um, Same with the creation of said things. Learning how to how your brain works in relation to what you need to do to get the, the job done to achieve your goals is a really important connection to make as well. So these things are not just like solitary. This only belongs to the narrow spicy community. This is like across the board. People are different. We need to have a variety of strategies that connect with both sides of the coin that you need to otherwise you're going to get left behind like 100 percent
1: Neurospicy, I love that.
0: I had that's not a me thing. I just want to put that out there. That is not a me thing. Uh If anybody hears me doing shameless promotion of people who inspire me in my world, Carol Jean Whitting- Whittington Whittington, I always forget how to say her last <laughs> name. Carol Jean, she's freaking fabulous, and she is the the. She's looking at. I don't know if it's trademark or copyright or something. That word, Neurospicy, because she really tackles that really well, and she works with Neurospicy Burnout. I actually did a podcast with her, so if you want to check that out, it's pretty cool.
1: uh actually i have that um ready to to listen to yes saw that yeah yeah she's wonderful
0: wonderful. and all of the things she says and she echoes me and i echo her because all of the things she speaks about with regards to burnout are applicable across the board as well so even if you're not living in that community of, of neurodistinct individuals if you're if you have a hunch that you might be experiencing some form of burnout you're going to want to watch that episode because it's amazing.
1: Well, that's definitely uh, something <laughs> that's, that I need to do then for sure. Probably tonight I'll be, that'll be my, um, my next stop is to have that playing. Um, and, when And I'm... to
0: set your mind at ease, almost everybody either is in, has been, or will be in some form of burnout. So this is, it, it's a very important space to, to kind of, ease into so that you can navigate that world uh, in a way that feels like there is a light at the end of the tunnel. Because sometimes I know it doesn't feel that way.
1: Oh, yeah. (laughs) that It's true. It's a real thing.
0: That's right.
1: So it's been so great having you. We've touched on a variety of different things here, but all really important as it relates back to creating a marketing strategy for you know, whatever you're selling, right? So like my, my audience is course creators, people with courses, those that are are visionaries and are waiting to, for the right time to get that course out into the world. But I do really appreciate your perspective, giving us permission to, to, you know, first examine the internal stuff, the the values within us, And then making choices along the way that go back and align with those values. And when something doesn't feel right, it probably means that you need to do some reflection. I loved the 12-week year. That was something, uh, was it a 12-week year or just the, yeah, Yeah, was it the 12-week year? Um, I knew it was 12 weeks, but then I questioned (laughs) myself there for a second, my own understanding of it. Um, but I, but if, gonna... if it's
0: helpful, I think their tagline is "accomplish more in 12 weeks than most people do in 12 months.
1: Oh, wow. Yeah, it's,
0: it's really cool. You combine, I, I personally combine that with, um, what's his name? Gary, Gary, something or other, uh, he does the one thing you combine those two notions and it's a recipe for success.
1: Oh my gosh. I should know who you're talking about. Cause I have that book too. And I can't think Gary, of Gary
0: last. something. I don't know. <laughs>
1: Oh, I'll just, I'll link a couple of these things in the show notes below. Um, But where would you like people to connect with you? Where can they find you online? Um, Because I think we're really just touching the surface and I really want people to, to connect with you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So you can find me uh, at my website, uh, www.shanaleigh.com. That's S-H-A-U-N-A-L-E-I-G-H. That last one catches people sometimes. Um, That's where you can find me. You can uh, get on my email list. That's probably the best way to connect with me because I actually read, when I email you, it's me, right? It's not just some strange other. It's me emailing you. And when you email me back, again, it's me. So I will say hello. You can also find me all over socials, but I strongly suggest you go to shaunalee.com and connect with me there.
1: That's awesome. Well, and your podcast. Don't forget that. Uh, check I out. Figured
0: I kind of spoke that into the ground already. <laughs> Everybody yeah. knows. It well, exists. I just
1: wanted to remind <laughs> people about it. So and tell us the name
0: of the podcast again. Marketing Rebels Breaking Business Barriers. You can find it pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, but you can also find it on YouTube.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, you'll see my links. Free. You'll
0: see my links in the show notes as well. So you'll be able to just click there. Subscribe for sure. Um, Because I also do trainings on there as well.
1: That's awesome. And your podcasts are live, which is sort of, I think, quite unique. They're not pre-recorded like this one. (laughs) They're not edited, they're unedited, unabridged versions, totally live. You get what you get. Um, And and
0: also, uh, I do a little bit of a uh, pre-show over on Instagram, and that's even more chaotic and fun and fun like it's very much down to earth welcome to reality um, one time we were talking about naked gardening so I mean if you're interested
1: <laughs>
0: that's something else we're always happy to have a good time
1: <laughs> well thank you so much for sharing and um, I look forward to continuing to follow your podcast and learning more about what you do as well Shauna
0: it's been an absolute pleasure